Hello, everyone, and welcome to Tech Lore Talks 3. I am Henry, and this is Jonah. Hello. <laughs> and um, first off, we want to say thank you for leaving feedback. I was unsure last week about how structured we wanted things, and almost everyone universally preferred the lack of structure. And that second Tech Lore Talks actually performed better than the first one. So we're going to continue on kind of just the more free flow whatever happens, happens thing. But this one actually does naturally have a little bit more structure because we had to get some definitions straight before this discussion. So with that all said, we're gonna go ahead and kick things off with some definitions before we get into the discussion about cognitive dissonance, confirmation bias, how this impacts privacy and security dramatically and how we see this um, on our ends a ton, and also how this impacts the world and also what you can do about it. Uh, I want this to be somewhat actionable by the end of it so that we can actually have takeaways for people. You can take one of them, and I, I can take the latter, actually. Why don't you do the first one? Cognitive dissonance? Yeah. All right. So cognitive dissonance is the state of having inconsistent thoughts, beliefs, or attitudes, especially as relating to behavioral decisions and attitude change. There's many types of cognitive dissonance, but today we're going to be focusing on one pertaining to the inability to cope with new information that goes against your pre preconceived notions. I have a quote here. Uh, Sometimes learning new information can lead to feelings of cognitive dissonance. For example, if you engage in a behavior that you later learn is harmful, it can lead to feelings of discomfort. People sometimes deal with this by finding ways to justify their behaviors or finding ways to discredit or ignore new information. So we see this type of thing in politics where somebody who's held a certain belief their entire life is given objective factual information that shatters the fabric of their identity so they'll resort to mind trickery to justify in a way to still make sense of everything and ignore the actual facts um we're all victims to this in one way or another in fact a great sign that you're susceptible to this kind of thing is to think that you aren't it um required what am i saying yeah i think i i, I, I the, the, note, the notes got cut off there pretty much it just it requires <laughs> like active effort on your part to make sure like you're reflecting on yourself and making sure you're setting this aside as much as possible. Right. Um, and I think it's worth mentioning. This is something we see constantly in the privacy community. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And so like a, a really good example of this is someone I am going to tie this already to our most recent video. A lot of people, um, a lot of people don't like how we mentioned brave in that video because it's based on Chromium. Mm. But then you ask the question, well, what's wrong with Chromium? And I think there are valid arguments here, but some people were saying, well, there's V3 manifest coming soon. But Brave's already said that they're gonna support V2 indefinitely. So that's not any longer a problem. People say it still feeds into the Chromium monopoly. And I would still ask, and? Um, and I do think there's very valid reasons for that, by the way. I'm not justifying that that's not a problem because that is a problem. But uh, I think people are completely missing the point of Brave is still ultimately better than Chrome from a privacy perspective, and that is ultimately the whole point of the video. And so people now have are put in this position where they have to justify why you can't use Brave for really silly reasons, um, when really at right. the end of the day, it's still a very good alternative to Chrome. In fact, I would to this day argue it is the best alternative to Chrome. Um, I don't think anything mm -hmm. is going to match the usability of Chrome and offer the privacy and security perks that Brave gives people. It's definitely like people, um, what is that phrase? Now I can't think of uh, the saying. How like they're, they're ignoring, ignoring the good solutions in favor of the perfect ones. Why can't I think of a, 
It's the um <laughs> the, the we, we we called it the Nirvana fallacy in in the blogs, where yeah. it's it's the search of like this perfect solution that doesn't actually exist, and it's the same people who. Uh, get upset when like Proton Mail hands over a single IP address. They're forced to log an IP address on a user, and then it's like, okay, then what do you recommend? And it's like Tutanote has done right. the same thing in Germany. Uh, every other email mm -hmm. provider will have to do the same thing, or else they're going to shut down. So you're going to self-host your own email and have to like maintain that. Is that what you're going to recommend to people? And even that has its own issues that might open people up more than something like Proton Mail would. So, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just a very bizarre position where there's no winning and because there's not actually an honest discussion happening about, like, the objective information and we can't really have a real discussion about, like, the actual purpose and the actual problem. I, I, does that – do you think those are good enough yeah. examples for people to, like, kind of understand where this takes place in privacy? Yeah, I think, I think people uh... – I think if people are involved in like the discussions that go on in like the communities and not just uh, like reading the information for themselves, I think they'll recognize a lot of that uh, with the people that they talk to, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And it's, I also want to mention here that like, I'm not perfect. We're not perfect. We do this too. Everyone does this. It's just a matter of what extent you do it and how aware you are of it. Um, yeah. And we'll talk about at the end, I think, things that we can try and do as, as a community to be better about this. Um, do you have anything to add about cognitive dissonance before I go into confirmation bias? Uh, I don't think so. So <laughs> confirmation bias. So we're going to go through the definition, kind of similar, similar thing here. So confirmation bias is the tendency to interpret new evidence as confirmation of one's existing beliefs or theories. There's three types, uh, at least based on this article, and we'll link these down below too. Um, there's three types. There's bias attention. This is when we selectively focus on information that confirms our views while ignoring or discounting the ones that don't. There's bias interpretation. This is when we consciously interpret information in a way that confirms our own beliefs. And, it's, and there's also biased memory. This is when we selectively remember information that supports our views while forgetting or discounting information that doesn't. That one hits a little close to home because like, I think back at memories I used to have as a kid. And maybe just a year ago, it's like, wow, that was such a good experience. And now I'm like, wait, that wasn't that good. And I was pretty much almost like gaslighting myself in a way. Um, and I think that is a form of confirmation bias because you want to tell yourself that it was a good memory and you ignore all the bad that went along with it. Um, that's just a personal mm -hmm. note there. But um, I really liked the <laughs> – these examples are from the link. Uh, they may or may not represent my actual – thoughts on these topics, but I just thought it was funny. And they're actually perfect examples, which is why I put them in here. It is a political example, but it makes it very obvious what this is and how it looks like. Person A, let's say Sally is in support of gun control. She seeks out news stories and opinion pieces that reaffirm the need for limitations on gun ownership. When she hears stories about shootings in the media, she interprets them in a way that supports her existing beliefs. You also have Henry. <laughs> On the other hand, who is adamantly opposed to gun control, and he seeks out news sources that are aligned with his position. When he comes across the same news stories about shootings, he interprets them in a way that supports his current point of view. So both of these people are reading the same stories and interpreting them in entirely different ways. And we see this all the time in our content, because even in that video we just put out, people who love Brave ask why, why did, like, 
how come you even mention bad things about Brave? Or how come you even mention Firefox at all? And people who don't like Brave are saying that we shill Brave. But it's the same video. And we see this in surveillance right. report constantly when we cover news stories politically. Um, we try as hard as we can to be neutral on political stories. And we try to keep it as objective as possible. And when we deviate from that, we like to say personal note. But even though we cover news stories, we still generally get two commenters, like the two groups, on those hot takes. I can't believe that you validated the conservatives in any way by trying to understand their point of view. And then you have the conservatives who will come in and be like, I can't believe you're spreading this liberal propaganda on this. And it's funny because it's the same story and these two people interpreted it entirely different ways. And this is confirmation bias, which I actually see more often, I think, and it's much more easier to spot than cognitive dissonance Absolutely. in the privacy community. Yeah. What's your experience like with this? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's funny that you brought up that uh, biased memory because uh, that's something that definitely I think I haven't thought about a lot before, but now that you mention it, it's something that is probably affects me quite a bit. It's one of the reasons that I really like our communities um, because uh, sometimes if I think about like different things, um, I'll remember like, uh, the parts that I like about them and then somebody else will chime in with oh well what about these things that I can think like oh yeah it, it, there are definitely some downsides that I that I don't remember because they don't maybe they don't apply to me or maybe uh there's stuff that I'm willing to put up with but they're still definitely relevant to, to other people you know mm -hmm. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well I think it's still good info and like even the other two, though, like, we again, confirmation bias, same thing. We can all do this. Everyone's susceptible to it. In fact, the best thing to do is to admit to yourself that you are susceptible to this so that we can actively try to, like, spot it. Um, and same thing with biased attention. It's so easy to do this, you know? Like, even on my end, if I see someone put out a video about a project that I don't like for my own reasons, I, I have a negative reaction to it right away. And I think that's most people's reaction to it because it's something they don't like. It's something that they've told themselves is not good. And, and when mm -hmm. someone says something that reaffirms their beliefs, it feels great because it's like, oh, I have a friend. They believe the same thing I do. <laughs> um, and so I think we all experience it to some degree. It's just a matter of like acknowledging it. Um, I right. really want to tie this more to the privacy community though. And... Um, I guess some problems that can result from it right away. Like what, cause people might ask like, okay, so what? So what would you respond with? Like, what's the problem with people, I guess, having this kind of attitude uh, specifically in the privacy and security community and um, how we, we as a collective handle ourselves. Mm -hmm. Did you think about how this, uh, how this topic is kind of directly addressing the people who are going to watch this video specifically. <laughs> well, yeah, and you know that's part of us opening ourselves up for these talks is people are going to watch this video and be upset. But um, let me think of a. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. You can take your time. But oh my gosh, but your my memory is just terrible today. Yeah, you're totally right though. Like this, this topic is going to get a lot of hate because people are probably going to interpret this discussion as some kind of like validation for whatever they think is bad. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest thing is um, it kind of ties into the cognitive dissonance end of things where people have like um. 
have like a preconceived threat model, of course, in, in for their own lives, like the things that matter to them. And they kind of assume going into conversations that the things that they think about all the time that are very concerning to them because they have some personal impact on their life must be applicable to everyone that they're talking to <laughs> because because it's so prevalent in their minds that a lot of people don't stop to consider that people are looking for other solutions that aren't always exactly the same ones that the, as what people that aren't always the same as what people uh, choose for themselves right yeah oh god that's such a good direction to take this i'm really glad you brought that up um we see this in our communities it's in all communities where someone asks a question this is the best example i could give someone asks a question how do i make windows more secure or more private that's it that's the question top response use linux and it's like no like like yes there's there's we're not saying there's no legitimacy or validity to that answer because there is some legitimacy to that but the point is the person who's asking the question is clearly not wanting to move to linux they specifically asked and clearly they're looking for how to make windows more private and that person is completely neglecting the needs of that other individual when they say something like that um another good example here is people like there's so many different priorities you can have like you can balance privacy in your threat model. You can balance security. You can balance anonymity. You can balance just transparency and open source. And those are all going to result in different configurations for different people. I mean, we see this all the time. We see people recommend Core Boot because it's more secure than XYZ. And then the other people on the other side of the room are screaming, you can't use Core Boot because it's proprietary. <laughs> and so there's this whole like, yes, you have your own beliefs, but you need to think about the person in the center of the room and what their needs are. And I think this is why right. when I make videos about myself, they're received so poorly by the community. When I make a video about why I have a very special, unique use case for needing to use a stock Android device, people are like, mm -hmm. oh my God, he's not recommending this anymore to me. And it's like, no, I, I said in the video, like this video is <laughs> literally about me and I still recommend ROMs to a majority of people. That's almost a direct quote mm -hmm. in the video, I think. But somehow that video was taken as Henry doesn't recommend ROMs anymore, even though their website and everything else still shows that they support ROMs. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's such a weird thing. There's like, <laughs> there's definitely a subset of people who want, who want everybody to be doing the exact same thing. Like if, like if somebody's not doing the same thing they're doing they they feel invalidated, which is a, a weird approach to things, I think. Yeah. And we get accused um, of this too, by the way. And like, we're not perfect, but I like to think in most of our content, we're like for users who need X, Y, Z, this is a great option. Like, I like to think most videos are done relatively neutrally and not overwhelming. You should never use XYZ. You should always <laughs> use XYZ. But, mm -hmm. and, and I definitely know we have not had a perfect track record with that by any stretch of the imagination. But when I compare ourselves to other privacy and security channels, um, which it's fine. Like, if people want to have more extreme takes, like, that's their style. But, like... When I compare ourselves to other privacy and security channels, they don't do that whatsoever. It's just the people who complain to us agree more with those extreme takes of those channels. So what we do seems almost more extreme to them, even though what we might do is more balanced. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. It it does make sense, definitely. Um... <laughs> I feel like this is going to attract all the wrong comments. <laughs> As I'm thinking about this, I cannot not tie this in my head to like the political space going on right now those those channels that you mentioned um uh it's 
it's very similar to like what we've seen in politics where like there's um an extremist kind of figurehead on one side of things who who people like want to follow because he's very confident in his opinions and very um aggressive about it and people there's there's a certain group of people that are attracted to that kind of thing regarding the whole world right now this is kind of a global problem and it's a really hard one to deal with because and i think a lot of this ties back to the internet and just the way the internet works especially as things go more and more digital on the internet there's a huge attention economy right and we're part of this attention economy you like on tech work, absolutely yeah um where we are forced we're literally forced in a position where we either have to be extreme to some extent to get clicks or we don't. And it isn't that black and white. There is lots of room for middle ground, but our toughest job back here, and like I spend hours on each of our thumbnails and titles. That is not an exaggeration. I spend hours on each of them because it is so hard to strike the right balance of like legit bait versus clickbait versus being like heavily misleading because there's so many videos that like, I know we could have got five times the performance on if we just worded the title a little bit differently, but it would have mm -hmm. set the wrong expectation. Um, and I think the Proton example is perfect. That was a really hard video because when the Proton Mail incident happened, um, this was on a surveillance report upload, there was an option of wording it in a way that it was like Proton Mail is no longer safe. And I think that would have been hands down the best way we could have got performance on that video. And that actually applies to a lot of our content. But I think the way we worded it, let me actually find the video. Because I remember this being a very hard thing for me. Proton Mail Surveillance Report. Here. So here's the title of the video. Proton Mail logged IP addresses for the government. Can you still trust them? Um, that's a very different title and a very different branding than just, without a question, Proton Mail logged IP addresses for the government. Because the first one right. automatically assumes, oh my God, they screwed up. Fear, it's fear-inducing. It's We need to click this. We need to see what's going on. But adding the question is more calming. It's more balanced. It's more like, let's talk about this because it's not necessarily inherently a bad thing for everybody and all threat models. Um, and so it's a very hard thing on my end. But going back to my original point, the attention economy is a very real thing on the internet. And I think since things have moved more digitally, it forces people to have to lean more into these extreme takes where we have to remove nuance. We have to remove all of that great stuff that leads to amazing discussions because the person yelling the loudest on the internet gets the most clicks and attention. And that's starting to mean more in this world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's like a, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely not like a, you have to be like this to be successful online, Exactly. but being, it, <laughs> being extreme like that is, that's the fast track to being successful online. You can kind of, you can kind of build a community around like trust and transparency and trying to have a balanced discussion, but not as many people are immediately gravi gravitating towards that. That's the kind of community that you build up over time. Whereas um, if you're very aggressive about something, if you're, very clickbaity about something that's how you get droves of people in all at once and <laughs> it's not the best solution to follow i don't think but it's definitely an appealing path for a lot of content creators because because you can build that community so quickly um yeah and it works like it, it just works yeah it, it just works man why do you always have to show <laughs> apple on these podcasts <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know man i just think differently than everyone else oh yeah you know? with your airpods in 
You can't even hear us right now. <laughs> Watch out. You can't hear us. He's got AirPods in. <laughs> um, well, I, I think everything so far is already a great discussion to have because uh, I really want to tie this into privacy and security, but I know if we go that route, it's it's not going to go well um, because this happens a lot um, on the privacy and security front. Um, but I think just keeping this global is probably best to, to save our asses on this one. Um, but the... <laughs> You're giving me a look of like, are you sure? You don't want to go into it? Um, are, are both sides of this bad? This is like the hot take podcast. I don't know why this is. That's that's actually what really irritates me is I don't think any of this should be a hot take. I think this should be normalcy. I don't yeah. think that I'm crazy for wanting to have a balanced, nuanced discussion about topics. I think it's ridiculous that when I try to have nuanced discussions and tell people other perspectives on things, they interpret that as an attack on their own identity. I don't think I'm the problem here. Um, and I, and trust me, I am sometimes that problem. Sometimes people say things to me and I lash out and I'm like, I reflect on it. I'm like, oh God, like I was the problem there because I felt like my identity was insulted in some way. But like, I feel like I had the ability to see that and change that next time. Sure. I just, I think the takeaway is <laughs> if, if there's anything like that's so <laughs> central to your identity that if somebody attacks it at all you feel personally offended i think that's something that you should probably self-reflect on <laughs> i don't think i have any like so deeply held beliefs that like if somebody presented me with <laughs> and maybe and maybe i do this could be a cognitive thing on its own i i but i haven't encountered this yet well <laughs> or, like if somebody argued with me i would be so personally offended i wouldn't be able to even like talk to them anymore <laughs> well, well let's test it out all right, you ready? Oh, boy. Here we go, yeah. <laughs> Apple is the worst company I've ever seen in my life. You know what, Henry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, no, I mean, I mean, that's a very valid argument. The thing is, Henry, I don't like Apple. I don't like any technology. <laughs> that's my secret. So you're just delusional. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, I think it's a good point. And, and there's nothing wrong with having identities. So this is going to go a little personal. Two people I really love, and this is a, a podcast that I – it's the only podcast I listen to, actually. It's The Growth Equation by Brad Stahlberg and Steve Magnus. Fantastic work. They talk about – so many of these concepts we're talking about today. They talk about the attention economy. They talk about um, – just general personal success and personal growth. They talk about things like cognitive dissonance and all of these great concepts. And then what's the last thing um, that we you just – identity, identity. They also talk about identity and how important it is. It's important to be identi – like to identify with multiple things. And I think it's – the problem isn't identifying with something. There's nothing wrong with identifying Brave as your favorite browser or ungoogled Chromium as your favorite browser. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just you should have identities in other things. So that when people say they don't like your browser, you have better things to do than get upset about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? It can't be, that can't be your only identity. <laughs> like, do you have a if favorite you messenger that you can get upset about? Like, that's already two things. Can we make a third thing? <laughs> How about we get to an identity that's not tied to privacy tools? <laughs> like, right. and I, and this also is something that we need to keep in mind too, because we also, like, I think I have a little bit of confirmation bias here myself, because I forget that these people who are active on the internet complaining all the time are not the norm. 
I see these people mm-hmm. and they seem like loud voices to me. And so the way I interpret that is, oh, everyone's like this. And that's not true. Um, the truth is most people who aren't like that and frankly, I'm going to say it, have lives and go outside and do other things than be on the internet all day, aren't leaving comments on YouTube about like the most nitpicky crap that just does not matter. Um, (laughs) And so that's something I need to remind myself a lot about um, because it's really hard, especially when my identity is directly attached to something like TechLore and like I put in like hours of work into something and people are just like are awful. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. um i mean that's why a big reason why Susie was brought on board you know yeah that's that's hard to deal with for sure <laughs> yeah i see why you don't have uh your own channel <laughs> yeah i'm not i'm not about to start uh youtubing anytime soon henry <laughs> i'll leave that to you if you did start a youtube channel what would it be about it's a, that's a question i like to ask people actually <laughs> Not privacy, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't blame you. It's like, it's <laughs> awful. I mean, like, I love the privacy community, but man, the vocal people are just too much. <laughs> what would it be? Apple? I would try to, I, can't, I, I don't think I could, I don't think I would enjoy um, making any kind of content about technology. I think I'd have to try something completely different. I don't know what it would be, though. Hmm. It's probably why I don't have a channel. Yeah, like what would it be? Come on, you you you're being held at gunpoint, and you have to make a, uh, a YouTube channel tomorrow. I have to start a YouTube channel. <laughs> that is that is the ransom. Um, what do you start it on? What do I start it on? I almost don't believe you. I feel like you would start it on privacy or security or something tech related. You you don't believe that? that? Well, maybe that's why. Maybe I have no other ideas. That's why I'm not going to start a channel. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're like those are the things I would make a channel on, but I know I don't want to, especially seeing behind yeah. the scenes like the amount of stress we have to deal with doing it. So maybe maybe that's it. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have that YouTube mindset, Henry. <laughs> yeah, you don't have that creator growth mindset back here. I I really don't. It's funny. You actually send over some of like the best title ideas, though. Like you're our title man. Sometimes you come in clutch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think fans of anything will get upset about anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's the that's the overall message of this show today. Maybe this is actually segueing segueing into the end of this which is like actionable advice for people here and um this is a big problem with youtubers and i know i'm speak i know i can speak for a lot of youtubers because i talk with a lot of them behind the scenes a lot of them have their identities wrapped in their youtube channels um because their face is there a lot of them their names are their channels that is their personal brand so not only are their identities literally attached to it but they're actually like actually attached to it when people insult a, a channel or a video, it's insulting the person. Um, mm-hmm. And YouTubing, YouTubing, if whatever that, if that's a verb or anything, it takes a lot. Um, I wouldn't say it takes more work at all than a normal job. I don't think that's what it is whatsoever. But I think it requires you to sacrifice a lot more mental energy than maybe a normal job where you don't have to worry about what millions of people or thousands of people are going to say or think about what you do. 
um, it's a lot higher risk in that regard of like your identity is always on the line no matter what you say or do. And something that's been so helpful for me is just like when I publish a video, like that's it. Like I did what I needed to do. Now I'm going to go for a run. I have coaching in an hour. Like I almost like to schedule videos when I'm doing other things. Like a lot of our videos are scheduled and I like mm. to do things when the videos are scheduled because then it takes my mind away from that. I leave that identity behind. I go do something else that gives me satisfaction. And I think that's actually something that's relevant to everybody. You know, like if you have a job that you care a lot about, like you need to have other things that make you happy. Um, if you really care about privacy and security, which we hope you do and we both do as well, we still hope you have lives outside of that because that's still going to enable you to care about this in the long run and not over identify with it and burn yourself out and do all those other crazy things. Um, I'd also say like you need to be aware of these problems. I think just being aware of these two terms, cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias and understanding what they are and hopefully this episode at least cleared up a little bit of what that looks like and how all of us have done it at some point and what we can do to prevent it. Just being aware of it, you can catch yourself doing it more often and you can slowly nudge yourself in the right direction. Those for me are like the two big takeaways. Is there anything on your end? Hopefully, I would just say hopefully uh, if, if this stuff is interesting to you, if you, hopefully you look into it yourself, right? Uh, the audience like don't just take our words for for these for these uh don't just take our words for it is what i'm trying to say um like uh <laughs> no you're right and um and on that note i'm gonna leave a podcast in the description um it's actually a podcast from uh G the growth equation brad Stahlberg, steve magnus that it's about cognitive dissonance and confirmation bias it's about these two problems and they unpack it for like 45 minutes. And that's all they talk about. And for them, it's more of a global problem. But I want everyone, if they have the time, to go listen to that podcast. But think about that with, with the privacy and security community. Because um, that's what I did. When I was listening to the podcast the whole time, I'm like, oh, my God, this is such a rampant problem in this in this community. And I'm we, at the time, I listened to this, I think, like several months ago when it came out. Um, I really wanted a place to be able to talk about it. Um, and we didn't have that place. So now I'm glad that now we have like Techler Talks to be able to have discussions like this because these discussions can never happen without it. So I think that's cool. That's a win right. on our on, on our fronts for like putting this together, I think. <laughs> it's like Obama award meme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great job, Henry. Yeah. Thank you for putting this great together. Great job, Henry and Jonah. <laughs> we did a great job. <laughs> um. Is there anything else you want to add? I mean, it could be a shorter episode because I don't think there's much more I have to say. No, I think that's all. I don't know if there's anything I'd have to add. This is all good stuff, Henry. I'm going to check out that podcast right after we're finished recording this. So Okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll find a link because it's kind of their site is kind of hard to locate old podcasts. But like worst case scenario, I'll just dig through every upload in the last like six months and I'll find it. <laughs> there was Great. there. OK, there was actually another one that was about internet brain and like the rise in extreme figures which is a, something we touched on a little bit and mm -hmm. the whole time i'm like oh my god this is such a problem in the privacy community too of like people just saying the most nonsensical things and getting so much attention for it even though it's like factually <laughs> wrong um and then we get comments about it like i can't believe you recommend xyz when they did incorrect xyz and it's like they didn't actually do that that's actually really misleading i don't know where you heard that from <laughs> so um and we make mistakes too but like i think there's a it, there's a difference between misinformation and disinformation 
And I like to think we've never landed on the disinformation side of things. Hopefully, Because yeah. that would be intentional, like, mis misleading, which is the mm -hmm. difference between the two terms. Yeah, I, I don't want to start a whole other podcast episode right now, but um, <laughs> do you have any final words before I start kind of kind of ending things off here? I... I don't think so. I'm interested to see what the uh, what the community, what you guys have to say about all this in our in our discussion forums. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> let us know in the comments, and let us know definitely on on our forum too, because I think uh, some people are going to take this talk really well, and some people are going to take this talk not so well. Um, and it is what it is because oh. we're going to publish this anyway. So I hope you all, if you don't like it, you might as well unsubscribe i don't actually i don't know why you're subscribed if you don't like this talk because i feel like we generally stick pretty well to these values so yeah i think the rest of the channel is probably not for you <laughs> yeah um again i'm not saying we're perfect we make mistakes you should speak up when we make those mistakes we like that but mm -hmm. like i don't think it's the right channel for you um all right, well, let's go ahead and end things off. Uh, thank you, Jonah, always for hopping on these calls. And also thank you, everyone, for sharing all your feedback. We didn't know what would happen with these Techler talks. We kind of got together and we were like, hey, we kind of want a place to like share more of ourselves, be more of ourselves, and like showcase that with our community because so much of our content is so scripted and produced. And we didn't know what people would think of this. And so we're really happy to see people are like overwhelmingly happy about it, the people who watch it. Um, and so like... Right. Thank you all for watching this and enjoying it and letting us know your feedback. Um, we will catch you next time on TechLore Talks and see you next time on TechLore. All right. <laughs>